Hey everybody, welcome back to TKD Coach Academy. This episode is taken from a visual episode on YouTube, but I'm sure even though it's not the visual episode, you will still take a lot of value from this audio version. But if you are interested in seeing the visuals that go with this, check us out on YouTube, TKD Coach Academy. Hey everyone and welcome to this week's Fight Chat Friday where we take a slightly different tack on things and we're gonna look at the differences between preparing for sparring in a grading or an assessment and preparing for your sparring in the usual way for a competition or tournament and what that looks like what the differences are what you need to consider and in particular if it's your first time going spying in a grading maybe a little bit of uh, a heads up on what to expect so hang around and enjoy this one everybody welcome back to tkd coach academy's fight chat friday so i'm richie Ford, joined as always by adrian byrne how are we richie? if you're new to the channel how are we if you're new to the channel make sure and subscribe um so today's topic as adrian alluded to is going to be kind of based on the back of what we did last week kind of trying to help beginners again and mm. um, so some people who maybe just getting an introduction to the sport and the martial art they might maybe wondering what the difference is between a grading and a competition when it comes to sparring and then obviously that has consequences for how you train how you prepare and so we're going to go through that today and discuss some different things regarding the the differences maybe some similarities and a couple of other things that you need to consider absolutely and you know as we jump into this the, the very first thing to consider is that when it comes to the competition the rules are the rules and everybody knows what they are and they're entirely you know set right across the board and the purpose in competition is to match evenly matched people against each other so whether that's by weight age or uh, grade progression where when you get into the into the uh, uh, grading the purpose of sparring in a grading is to assess progression and competence so you will end up with these mismatches you know by age by gender by weight category by level of experience or ability in the uh, in sparring so straight away we run into it's a different thing it's a different animal mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and listen that's what it is it's a different objective when you're in competition your objective is to win and get more mm. points on the scoreboard before the time is up here in a grading there's a completely different objective it's to show your skill level and your competence and this can also like when you think about a tournament and a competition your objective is to win by any means necessary within, within the, rules. the rules yeah yeah exactly so when we when we're when we're looking at the grading then it you're also being assessed on your ability to control your skill level as well especially if you're against somebody who's at a, a lower level or they may be older than you for example or of course there's, there's lots of different variations on on the partners that you can see so it's very important that it's not just about you dominating but your ability to control your your skills yeah it's a little bit different from the the competition where it's not really about you winning it is somewhat more cooperative. So the, the difference between a competition where only one person can progress in the next round and an assessment or grading where both people can pass and be successful and both people can fail is that you don't need to win. You don't need to score all the points to be successful. And in fact, you know, finding one winning strategy that works actually might limit your ability to show what you can do within the uh, within the realm so in other words if you've got an effective front leg side kicking your opponent in the uh for the purposes of the grading just isn't able to deal with it sticking with that and being successful with that the whole way through the round 
isn't maybe a great way to show that you have range, that you have ability, that you've progressed from the last time. Whereas in a competition, if someone can't deal with your front leg sidekick, well, you don't change it until, yeah. you know, you're Stick like, oh, I have the winning ticket. I'll just, I'll hang on to that. So that you, you straight away arrive at a different mentality. So mm. I suppose it's important to say as well, you know, now early in the video, this isn't us bashing on what goes on in a grading or in grading sparring. We're just addressing the fact that they are two quite different animals and it's easier in so many ways to prepare people for a competition spar because we can tell them categorically what to expect and we know what the level is and we know what the expectation from both people who step into the ring is and one of the challenges that we have when it comes to the the assessment or the grading sparring is it's very hard to say for sure what it'll be like because you know let's say we're sending forward a black tag for a black belt grading we don't know who their opponents will be, whether they'll be matched for size, age, grade, you know, uh, gender, whatever mm -hmm. it happens to be, whether you'll have top level competitors in against some quite ordinary people, um, or you'll have, you know, the, the person who has some com com competition experience is going to stand out from the crowd because of that. Uh, or even will they be more physical? What are their expectations of how a grading sparring will go? So mm. straight away, all we're trying to do in this is to try and show people what's out there what the, the differences are and so what you might expect and maybe talk a little bit about how you prepare differently for one as opposed to the other. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. The preparation is completely different because of those objectives that we already alluded to. So you got to be aware of that as well when you're training. So maybe if you have a, an upcoming grading, you're not going to train like you would for competition and it's for because sure. the rule set is completely different. So it requires a different skill set. So the mm. skills that you bring to a grading are different to the skills that you bring to a tournament. And again, this might seem alien, like I'm gonna highlight some things in this next video that you're looking at it and maybe in your club, this is like, what are they doing? What, you know, what happens? This is an important thing to remember. What happens in grading sparring is going to be down to your examiner, your syllabus, what your association requires or whatever. And so you could have entirely different expectations from, you know, depending on what club you're in. So just to highlight that for everybody, you've picked up just a few things here. Um, because generally, like, in, in, with the with the rule set, Adrian, like, a tournament is usually standardized, isn't it? And you yeah. expect the same thing. Where here you see lots of variations. You see sweeps and, like, almost like self-defense and almost like a, a street fight scenario. So you see so many different things. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, even from the simple, just the categorizations of it, what's the level of contact that's allowed? Do we wear the same equipment mm. as we normally would? Um, you know, can you strike up to other target areas? You know, like, can you kick the legs, the back? Um, you know, can you attack to the back? How does that change in this scenario where you have 2v1? Can we use the walls or the environment? We're sparring on a wooden floor, maybe as opposed to tatami for some people. So these are quite different things and they, you know, they should impact our expectations going into a grading uh, scenario. And mm. beyond rules, we never know the game state in a grading. Yeah. So when we're training but there for, is no game state sure does not correct yeah That's there's no the we're not heading towards there being a winner at the end so really what we're looking at is uh you know free time or free play almost to demonstrate what skills you can based on the changing context in front of you so you know your opponent is giving you information as always and you're adapting that information to show what it is that you can do um, you know, and to deal with the opponent as best you can, depending on the challenge that's presented to you. Whereas, as you said, once you once you enter into a competition and the clock starts, 
the game state evolves and progresses and you're expected to respond to the game state to turn it in your favor so mm. and that, that's the art side of all of this as well martial art so it's yeah. like the art is the creativity and how you deal with the problems and yeah. things like that so we, we see here like the, the solutions that people come up with are usually based on their training experience uh, but sometimes then we we'll touch on it later maybe their, their training isn't representative of what happens in a grading so um, it's how you train for that then as well and people train for that different some schools they have the objective of training for martial arts of defense yeah. or other schools and academies they're they're more focused on the sports side of things absolutely and again that will be you know it'll probably re be reflected to some degree in the grading syllabus whether you do your sparring with or without sparring gear uh, whether you have one opponent or multiple, whether you're allowed those strikes to the back or to what we would consider illegal targets from the purposes of the sport, you know, those would be different things that, you know, will totally change the, the shape of the game. So there is another variation that's very common, particularly in the higher grades in many organizations and as you go up towards black belt gradings, uh, and that's the, the concept of 2v1 or 3v1 sparring. And straight away when you compare that to a regular sparring match you know you have way more variables that come into it that become possible and you've also got quite a challenge in that you know from a self-defense point of view how do you try to deal with two opponents Well, you try to make sure that one of them goes away um so yeah. and and that becomes quite a difficult thing to manage in a controlled sparring environment as mm. we can see i, I was yeah, gonna go say ahead. good timing there as we can see it can be quite difficult particularly when you're the rabbit yeah, and I think that's straight off the bat in the first two clips here that we've seen. The first one, I've seen like kicks that were more technical, as in like things you might see in terms of like um, patterns and technical content. Sure. Where this is, to me, seems like more of a like a real life situation, more kind of like a fight or self-defense aspect. So you see already it's more like a life or death situation and, and, and this, this person is... is is hanging on and, and trying to survive where the first one is a little bit cleaner the techniques are a little bit more yeah. precise and it's not as realistic so it, again it, it all goes back to the expectations set out by each organization and what's deemed to be acceptable for you to progress to the next level based on the criteria for gradings yeah and also i mean we don't know strictly what's being assessed by each group so we could have 2v1 sparring you could say well it's to assess your ability to spar against multiple opponents and you could say well maybe maybe it's looking a little bit at resilience you're going to be losing you're going to be scored up you know probably you're going to be uh, heavily scored on you're going to be taking more contact you're going to be swarmed you're going to be basically overloaded with sensory information and it's going you know it might might be a case of well let's see how you react let's see how this affects you shapes you and can you deal with the scenario um have you got some resilience will you keep coming and um, so there's an element of that then you know obviously there's some element of like you know testing ring position and strategy so can you avoid being backed into a corner finding yourself with both people having the ability can you line up your opponent so there are elements of it that you could say well that's what we're testing here rather than strictly are you good at sparring you know so yeah. that changes well, it in a way like some of this the real foundational skills are still they're transferable really really yeah, they're really, really, really important in terms of your distance, your timing, all these things, whether you're doing competition or grading, are still important, especially in 2 one one yeah. Because, like, lining up your opponents in a straight line will give you an advantage, the distance you can put them at, your footwork that will maybe give you some outs in terms of spacing and things like that. So, like, the foundations are still the foundations. 
and equally things like you know creating momentum by you know maybe driving your opponent back in the straight line and following with a blitz or a, a head kick etc moving yourself mm. across the ring and creating that space you know does change things going to the blind side of an attack to you know move to the outside of both people rather than just to the one rather than moving yourself maybe to the open side and finding yourself between two people you know there yeah. is a there is a different spatial awareness involved but it's incredibly challenging of course if everybody's on the one level because mm. and in particular if it's been practiced because the thing is sparring two people is a skill in both directions so if the two people sparring against you as the one individual have practiced that um you know it it's like tag teaming the punch bag it's you know it, it, it can be pretty bad so there there is an element of the more you train and practice specifically for something like 2v1 or 3v1 the more you're kind of creating a scenario where the the rabbit or the punch bag is really in that in a bad place it's it's very hard to practice so that if both sides are practicing it the people doing they are with the advantage don't make better use of their advantage you know so it's something mm-hmm. to bear in mind as you prepare for that jumping into the equipment yeah. side of well, things just just oh, on that yeah, note, i know it. when we go back to um, like when it goes back to one on one yeah and just like two two people that are competing against each other in a grading scenario mm. uh, i know my thoughts on this but i wonder what is your perspective in terms of when two competitors come against each other in a grading what what do you see a massive difference compared to when they're sparring other people at the same grading on the same mat in terms of when when there's an adjustment there because yeah if you like, get two competitors it's then kind it's of just going normal. to go back to yeah it's yeah, just normal it's going to go back to um, how they how they spar exactly yeah but they're going to be just comfortable in that whole situation they know what to expect from each other and that there, there's yeah i suppose what you'd call a social contract like they know it's fine to hit each other it doesn't matter mm. if it's a hard slap we'll be fine with it they're they're willing to go to the full speed they're willing to test things to play with things and and, and test each other out but they'll also take more chances and the chances are if they you know if they compete against each other and they they know each other like mm. they're not looking to get the the finishing blow kind of thing what what they're looking to do is demonstrate what they like so they'll they'll take a chance on counters or attacks that they might not normally do in order to show a bigger range of ability but then when they go up against someone who's nervous, often the competitors will go back to, well, we'll do the basics first, you know, catch them a few times with a simple sidekick, a blitz or a headshot. And once we've established that dominance, that, okay, I'm able to win this one, then I'll relax and then I'll just play with play with it and, and, and play nice. A bit and of movement, a bit, a bit of work. movement, give them an opportunity to throw a few shots, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But very rarely will a competitor step in against someone and be okay with them having a 50-50. You know. Yeah, see, like I think that's the thing because it's actually harder to read people who don't compete often. Yes. Because like they're like when you compete against people a lot, the the tells that are there and how they move is second nature to you. But somebody who kind of comes out and they're just like gung ho and it's almost like self defense style of sparring, mm. that can be very tricky for you as a competitor because it's not what you're used to and accustomed to in terms of the reactions and the things you perceive that you usually would react on. So in a way, you you can almost showcase your skills a little bit better if it's somebody who also competes. Yes. Whereas it's hard, like for example, to counterattack somebody who is a little bit unorthodox because they're they're not a competitor can be quite tricky, and you, you might get yourself found out, and you might actually get caught. And um, so I I think that when two competitors will come up in a grading situation, that they they can kind of express themselves a little bit more freely. You get a slightly cleaner um output out of it mm. definitely but the same when you have two people who only actually step into the equipment you know for 
the the 10 or 15 minutes you know once every few weeks um as part of the the broader training program and you know in their 40s 50s whatever it happens to be and they step up against someone who is in the same boat and all of a sudden you find that you're watching a completely unexpected and different almost like meta game because they throw techniques they use tactics that wouldn't work elsewhere but are perfectly effective and fine in just that limited bubble like it's not the Mm. most breathtaking or inspirational stuff that you'll ever see in sparring but it will work because it's at the level that the other person is at and and that's where the assessment part and the grading examiner part of it gets a little bit challenging where you know what are you actually assessing for and Mm -hmm. that needs to be clearly understood and agreed before you kind of step into that uh, environment the one thing i want to jump onto here was just talking about whether you do or don't wear equipment and often this happens that Sometimes at the very lower levels where the gradings are bigger, um, you know, we want to move along quickly, don't want to take three or four minutes for everyone to go off the floor, put on their sparring equipment, come back on the floor. You know, sometimes you'll see people with spar without equipment. And sometimes it's a philosophical choice that, well, no, we want to show a difference between the grading and the competition. And in the grading, we're not going to wear the safeties and and so on. But it does change fundamentally what the game is, doesn't it? Absolutely, because... The, the shots you can use and the, the target areas will change. And then, like, if you don't have equipment, it brings in other things naturally, like the ability to to kick to the leg and use sweeps and things like that. And um, But you'll see, it, I think it almost, when it's in this situation without equipment, it's almost like a tit for tat. And it's like, yeah. you have a go, I have a go. Um, so, it, like, in a way, it, it looks clean to maybe spectators who are coming to watch, but in terms of... Um, practical realism in terms of techniques that we will use it's, it's not the, the most practical use is it well i mean it just uh would say i suppose it doesn't really relate to the sparring that we're going to go to and it doesn't really relate mm. to the self-defense side of it what you end up with is yeah. I, I think no man's land yeah a little bit of a no man's land it's a you, you've kind of got almost like a demonstration event it's like doing um one for one as a warm-up you know so yeah I, I'll throw, you throw, I'll throw, you throw, and we just go through our repertoire and we get kind of loosen everything out and start to feel good and move well. And it can have an element of that to it. And, you know, there's always a thing of, well, we don't have the gloves on. So the very first thing is like the twinkly fingers and you're you're, you're looking for kicks to get caught in fingers and all that kind of stuff. It, it's one of those things that can just happen. You know, if there's no mouth guard or anything like that, you're in that kind of gray area. Um, I think in Ireland we've moved away from that almost entirely because, you know, just the insurance doesn't cover you if you're not wearing your gear and you're sparring, you know, which is like, it's just one of those things. But there's a complete differentiation between both anyway, isn't there? So like, why have that like gray area of a crossover when it doesn't exist? Mm. I mean, the technical and like the the pattern side of things is one aspect and then the sparring is another aspect. I mean, they don't cross over. So like use your step sparring and your traditional sparring for the, yeah. the more technical side but don't be trying to cross over and create blurred lines that don't exist i think it just gets messy and i think the issue that you have is if you haven't practiced sparring without sparring gear uh you know it, your your ranges are going to be different because you know mm-hmm. to do it without the the sparring gear all of a sudden we need to go to open hand touches you know to, to the head and so on otherwise you've got split heads everywhere um you know, you, you've got to, you know, you're, you're changing, you're t- like trying to tap the face down. So you're changing the t- types of techniques, you know, the yeah. kicks that you're throwing, um, you know, it, it, it all of a sudden, everyone is made up of forearms and elbows. And, you know, it's just, you know, we're not used to it, I suppose. But but equally, we're not actually trying to really hit, you know, we're, we're looking to touch. And because of that, 
you know, you, you end up in that strange position where they can just move a little bit, they can counter, they can they can do those things because we can't have the same speed because we can't afford for to have that little bit too much contact because we went yeah. fast and caught the person. So you go a little bit slower. So it all becomes, you know, it, it happens at a different pace, a different rhythm. So yeah, I wouldn't be a huge fan of that myself, but it is something, yeah. it might well happen in your club when you're if you're watching mm-hmm. this. And it's just understand the expectation will be, I think, when it's no gear sparring, the emphasis is going to be on control in showing that you can throw techniques and it will probably be more of a one-for-one. So we're looking for direct counters an awful lot of the time if that's going to be the case. And most of the time, the attacks to the head with the hands are going to be open hand touches and, and so on. So, you know, don't be the one that punches the person in the nose. A little bit more of a demonstration, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that kind of does bring us as well into the the mindset part of it and the challenge that we spoke about earlier where you know when you step into this environment you can't always assume the mindset of the other person we have a very clear objective when we go to a competition when you know it's the two two men enter one man leaves kind of thing uh (laughs) go back to uh beyond thunderdome but the um the the notion is both people expect that one will win and one will lose and that will be the end of the day for one person and the other person will progress to the next round or will win where you know that straight away when it comes to a grading someone might feel like hitting a bit harder someone might feel like when you're pushed to the corner they let you back in versus oh well no you're in the corner now i'm going to keep you there and and you know or even because it's in normal halls rather than uh, sporting venues we'll say necessarily you could be up against a wall you could be you know on the flying at the fire exit you know all of these things are you know more common in a grading format yes yeah, yeah falling over people watching there like we've seen and things like that but yeah there, there's a complete difference in the mindset and it even you can even see that in terms of how it, how it happens because like the, the entry shots that people are using to, to mm. close the distance and stuff don't really exist. People are throwing wild shots because they want to show their their skills in terms of their, their Different techniques they can use, yeah. And the array of shots they have. Whereas um, like the, the meta skills as such aren't really present. Um, so that's one mindset. And then you have the mindset of things like there's no warning, so spacing, you, yeah. you, as you said. You let somebody kind of go to the edge, you kind of leave them back in for safety purposes and things like that. So, yeah, you, you got to differentiate both completely. Like competition sparring, grading sparring, completely different. Exactly. And as I leave this one, Ron, as we're talking about the difference in the training, just to have it running in the background. But I think one of the first things that we get when we start to look into it is, you know, very often the scenario for grading just for efficiency is we're going to have and it can often be the way in training as well we have lots of people on the floor in their pairs you know and they're moving in their own spaces so okay in this case now it's just two people but you know in in many of them you're going to see a big group of people paired off on the floor and they're avoiding each other they're avoiding the edges of the ring and all of that kind of thing so straight away you're not training for you know you're not training around okay maybe a bit of spatial awareness but you're not training around ring position mattering because there's no ring you're not training around uh, warnings mattering because they're not going to be tracked. You know, exits aren't going to be tracked, etc. Yeah. Um, which means you can be clumsy and there's no consequence to it. You can kick someone in the backside and then follow with the hands. You know, you can throw a shot. It's not going to stop the match either. No, exactly. So you can, there, there can sometimes just be entries that are, that are different and weird and are fine because you can kick someone in the thigh or in the backside or in the back and, and, and follow up. And it's like, and someone might say from the table, you know, 
you know, mind those kicks or kick to a legal target or something, but it'll tend to continue. Um, but the, the big thing for me is like, if we go back to how you train for it and how you prepare for it, then sparring in groups of two on the floor in whatever space you can find for yourself and having that like um, social contract where, oh, when we go to the wall, we'll put the hand up and we'll walk back a bit or, um, you know, at the end of it, we'll, we'll high five and I'll find the like find an easier partner every second round. You know, you, there's a whole lot that can go into it and that will actually be a lot like the grading. Whereas if we're training people for a competition, generally the round has a purpose. We rarely just spar, you know, it's not just yeah. like, okay, let's compete against each other. Um, we certainly don't do that when it's like, okay, we bow and you're 56 and started about four years ago and you're 22 and you've got 15 years of training on you. Um, you know, we'll just spar and see who wins. Mm -hmm. Like that's not a real thing for club training. Like we don't do that. Yeah. And for competition training, it's very definitely not a real thing. We don't do that. But that's something that could come up in a grading where it's like, okay, we need to almost understand what we're going to do here together so that we can get to the other end of it. Um, mm -hmm. And both of us be satisfied that we've done something to impress the examiners. So that's the kind of thing that could emerge in the training, you know, and pre preparation for grading, sparring that wide variety of opponents, working in, you know, in spaces, working out that social contract within your club, like how do we handle these things is relevant for the grading. And then you've got to flip that on its head to go to competition because walking people back from the wall is terrible for competition. Yeah, you get into habit. the habit of doing that. Yeah, exactly. And there's others like, um, you know, looking over the shoulders to see who's who's around you. And, you know, you should be able to know where you are in the ring by the look of the ring. You know, I, I, I know I'm towards the back edge of the ring because there's six mats in front of me. You know, that's, yeah. you know, I, I can almost smell the red mat appearing behind my back foot kind of thing. Or, you know, you, there, there's a whole representativeness to competitive sparring that we don't use and don't need maybe for our grading sparring. Absolutely. It's, it's you got to be specific to what you're doing. Yeah. If you're preparing for grading, train that way. If you're preparing for competition, train that way. Um, but obviously then generally, like how do you train in general for sparring? Yeah. It comes into play. And that really kind of goes back to the philosophy of the, the head instructor, the head coach and what they kind of like for my personal perspective, we're only training the sports side of sparring. So mm. every time that we do sparring training, it's based on that, putting putting the students into situations, using different techniques, different tactics, etc. Yeah. Um, so then we'll try to bring those skills into the grading format. Uh, luckily for us in, in the ITA, we don't have any of these things that we've seen today. So you don't have to do a big, massive change or flip over. Yeah. Um, so I, I personally believe once you have the skill set to spar at a good level, then you'll be able to carry that over to the grading, especially for our system um but then when you when you look at the the tournament you got to be really specific so if you can have people like counting the scores the warnings etc that's even more practical and more mm. representative if you can have somebody in the middle stopping the match so you can practice the resets when there's a warning when there's an exit or because that's yeah. part of the game that's the meta bit of the game again how do you go about when the match stops and there's a reset um, and so even these are all scenarios you got to be in yeah, and having a coach and, ha you know, and I don't yeah. mean just the, the overall, the instructor in the class or the coach in the class. I mean, you know, if there's two people in sparring, typically most people won't have the whole class sparring at the same time because it's not very effective in terms of your space. But maybe you're gifted and you have a huge venue and, you know, it all works. But usually there's people who are rotating out 
and those people can be active and vocal and giving you know advice direction and coaching to the people who are sparring and listening to reacting to adapting to that committing before you go into the match here's what i'm going to do and then having someone to be to hold you accountable is, is a big thing you know having a plan implementing a plan or of course designing scenarios for the spar so that we're actually we know whether yeah. it's working or not is always a big deal like i mean we, we, we rarely 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 have people spar without an objective for both objective. yeah so that we know it's working or it's not working um and then actually from coach's point of view we want to know hey how often is it working versus how often is it not working because if we're trying to encourage the use of a new skill we want it to work a little bit more than it fails so ideally like you know 55 60 40 something like that mm. it's working more often than not and then we increase the challenge so when it gets to like the oh it's working 70 or 80 percent of the time right we increase the challenge um you know so we'd like to have it that way where you know from the grading perspective it really is about um i think that establishing that social contract of well this is how we'll behave figuring out how both parties can show what it is they can do um and uh and respecting the you know the the gradient so that you might be yeah. you might be struggling against the person you might be better than them you know and it's like how do you apply the techniques and strategies that you've learned from your regular sparring to be um to be able to show something every against every opponent and, and sometimes that means look if you happen to be the six foot two 60 kilo junior guy uh you know at 15 or 16 years of age who's doing a black belt rating and you find that you're up against a 14 year old girl who's five foot nothing it's like okay well the part i have to do here is show how i can control this match without hurting this girl as if it's team sparring or something you know or if it, as yeah. if this is like my sister in the club like i have to let her um i have to encourage her to try things and challenge her to, to try things but make sure i'm not just physically dominating her because i'm big and tall you know and 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 it's different challenges i think and you know for the instructors who are who are watching just kind of keep that in mind that when you're you're grading people that you know it's sparring for a grading is a different thing and so we need to kind of have that conversation in the club so people understand what it is that they're trying to demonstrate in the grading versus what it is that they're trying to demonstrate in their competition and how the two are related but different enough same but different same but different so i that's think that covers that topic video. yeah that's it yeah they're the same but they're different so yeah watch the rest of the video if you're only joining us for the last 10 seconds here watch the rest of the video and that'll make more sense but uh but yeah that's all i think we yeah, have so for you on this friday yeah definitely um so again we're kind of going back to help out people who are maybe at the, towards the start of their journey in their taekwondo training so again if you got suggestions drop them in the comment box let us know on social media if you're new to the channel make sure and subscribe we're here every friday with a new video on fight chat friday give the video a thumbs up if you enjoyed this one and took some value and we'll catch you in the next one see you friday